What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 286th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I am your host, SPJ. Will, you're here. Save me. Yeah, I um, the savvy listener will note that this is exactly 200 episodes since I first appeared as a guest on this program on August 12th, 2012, even though I think Steve thinks I've only been doing this for about two years. Very accurate. And somebody who's been here for now four episodes, Al. Woo. Yes, and I've taken some time out of my farming to, to join you on this podcast. But is that what is that what everyone does in Scotland? They farm? Yeah, well I'm I'm rural, am I not? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. You're very you're, you're, you're very, quite quite rural. Very rural rural. Yeah, so if you're playing Stardew Valley, that's basically my life. How many targets do you have in Scotland? Have we not had a discussion about Target already? No, we don't. I think, that's a, I think it was McDonald's that, and Starbucks we had a conversation. Yeah, no, we did have the Target discussion, but that was in Slack. That wasn't vocal. So uh, you, you don't have Target, do you? No, we do not. Shameful. Do you have Walmart? No, but we've got Asda, which is the same company, I believe. Mm. I learned today that Aldi is also is the same thing as Trader Joe's. Incorrect, sir. Incorrect. No, there's two Aldis. There's a North Aldi and a South Aldi. And Trader Joe's is Aldi North. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's an Aldi. It's just a different one. Except they're two companies. Yeah, just like Farm and Fleet or Fleet Farm. I don't know. That's also two companies, isn't it? I don't have any idea what you're talking about. You're so weird. (laughs) Must be a Midwest thing. I'm sure there's somebody listening going like, I've been to Farm and Fleet. Get an episode for you guys. We actually got a, quite a bit of Pokemon news. I apologize in advance. Uh, I am not feeling 100%. My throat is killing me. So, again, I apologize in advance, but we'll, we'll make it through this. With that being said, let's just jump right into Pokemon news. First bit of news here is uh, Vulpix plushes are now available at Build a Bear Workshop. On the Build a Bear. Build a Blair Workshop website, customers can purchase the online exclusive Vulpix bundle, which, in addition to Vulpix, the Vulpix plush also includes a reprint of the TCG card Primal Clash Vulpix with the Build a Bear logo, a Vulpix cape, a Pokeball sleeper, and Vulpix six in one sound. The Pokeball sleeper is a Poke. Good thing they answered. I was going to ask what this was. The Pokeball Sleeper is a Pokeball patterned pajama one-piece that covers Vulpix's body. The Vulpix Cape is a flame pattern cloak that covers Vulpix's body and head. If you purchase it online, it will be pre-stuffed, which also means it cannot have a scent placed inside it? What? They do that now? Okay. In Build-A-Bear Workshop stores in the United States, United Kingdom, that's you, Al, and Canada, customers can purchase... The Vulpix plushes individually, which comes with the aforementioned TCG card, the 6-in-1 sound, can be purchased separately. Uh, This is off Bulbapedia. What is Pokemon's obsession with Vulpix all of a sudden? I mean, because you can get the Alolan version and the non-Alolan version. But can we all pause for a moment, a moment of silence while I pour out a bottle of Miracle-Gro for our old 
buddy Bulbasaur, who is never going to appear in Build a Bear. <laughs> uh, no, that is news. They they did say a, 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 a Bulbasaur is coming. Well, then I will wipe up this miracle grow that I just poured on my floor. <laughs> Quickly clean it. Clean it up. I feel like Vol- even on PokemonCenter.com, Vulpix has like its own section. It also has those Halloween costumes that they're doing. I read somewhere that Bulbasaur is coming, but I don't have the article in front of me. So you've lied to me. I think Bulbasaur is next. Who was it who had the Vulpix in the cartoon? Was that Brock who had the Vulpix that he was like so obsessed with? I think so. Yeah, I think it was. Will, what is the scent that you put into it? Is it just like Febreze? You just Febreze inside and then it smells good? Well, I mean, I'm sure it's like a satchel is the, is the word that we like to use where you put like a little scented herbs and spices and such. It just seems very strange, unless this is a cross-promotion with Yankee Candle Company or something like that. I, to, love, I love a good Yankee Candle. Oh, they give me such a headache. Can't do it. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, yeah, I, this is a first for me. I, I did not know that the Build-A-Bear was making stinky stuffed animals <laughs> nowadays. Give it a squeeze, see what it smells like. No, no, it does not sound right. I'm intrigued as to what flavors, flavors? No, not flavors. <laughs> odors. Odor what is the word. What smells are odors? Odor tends to have negative connotations, though, does it not? Anyway, I wonder what smells they have. I wonder if they have Pokemon. They probably don't have Pokemon spell, smells. It's probably like clean car, blueberry, hot leather, and cool, cool clean. In 286 episodes, nobody has ever asked us what do Pokemon smell like. We've gotten the question of do Pokemon bleed, but nobody's ever asked us <laughs> what do Pokemon smell like. That's true. I'm sure this is all, an important question. I'm sure that they all probably smell like clean, clean car, new new car wax. Yes, new car. <laughs> Speaking of uh, clean, 2018 video game championship formats have been announced. The 2018 VGCs will be played using double battles in Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. All Pokemon will be set to level 50, including those below level 50. The official rules document will be updated in December for the 2018 format. These rules are available to download from the Festival Plaza in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Well, I guess, boys, we're getting the Festival Plaza back. Yeah, that's too bad. <laughs> All Pokemon in the National Pokedex are permitted, except for mythical Pokemon, special legendary Pokemon, and Greninja with Battle Bond. Quick, Will, what's Battle Bond? That's the Ash Greninja. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One. Additionally, all Pokemon must have a black clover origin marking to participate, meaning that they were originally obtained in a Gen 7, right? Gen 7 game. Players may only use one Pokemon of each species. Cannot have duplicate held items. Z crystals and Mega Stones are permitted. Battles will be Mega conducted. Stones. Yeah, battles will be conducted using a five minutes of your time, in contrast to ten minutes used in the 2017 season. With your time, each player has their own timer, and time is only deducted from it while the player is making a decision. Time elapsed during the time elapsed during move animation, waiting for other player, etc., is not deducted. Man, half the time? It's half the time, but it's individual timers now, whereas before it was uh Oh, combined. it was a combined timer before? 
It was yeah. a complaint back time before. Yeah, yeah th- and this is chess style, so it's like you got to pound that clock after you make you you know this because you were in the chess club, nerd. I was. But the, you TC- know how you- the TCG does this too, where you have your you have your own timer. Yeah, but it's like even more specific where they have the timers like they do for the chess matches where you have to pound it after you make your move so that it's like you're you're literally you are allotted five minutes and like if your opponent if you make your choices really quickly and your opponent takes a really long time, they will time out and you'll still have plenty of time. I get it. When I did uh, two TCG tournaments yesterday on PTCGO and I think... When you make it to the finals, you both have an eight-minute timer. I want to say it was eight minutes, or maybe I noticed it when it got to eight minutes. But I, I, I spoiler, I won two tournaments this weekend on PTCGO, and one of the games I almost ran out of time because I was taking very long because I was so nervous being in the finals. I, I, I like that change. I think that's a good change. I didn't know that the ten minutes was shared between, but now that each person has five, I think that I think that's fair. Yeah, but. The good thing about it is that you can't, you can no longer stall the timer and win because of that. Because obviously, there's the typical example of someone being able to win if the other player doesn't get their move in time, and so you can then stall the game so that they don't get their their move out and you win, which has been quite con- controversial over certain times. Whereas this, because you've got your own timer, that doesn't happen anymore. Well, it's it's if your Pokemon like combined health is or hit points is greater than your opponent's and you're close to end time, then stalling out the timer means that you win, right? Because then it becomes based on who's got the most hit points with no move being made or selected. That's yeah. I mean, I I think this is a creative solution for that. I'm sure if there is some way to game this or to work around this, someone will identify it and uh, exploit it quite rapidly but we'll see we'll see how that plays out i did have another question about this if we if we are done talking about time yeah go ahead i noticed that the the european internationals championship is november 17th to 19th yeah Yeah. what a smack in the eye or whatever phrase they'd use over there (laughs) on the other side of the atlantic doesn't the game come out on november 17th it does I don't know who made that decision. Do do these new rules not apply to that first European internationals? I can't imagine. How are you supposed to get a team in in like twelve hours? Uh, what is that called? Poke hacks? Ow, <laughs> you're the expert here. Poke <laughs> PK hex, but yeah. uh, of course we would not uh, condone that for tournaments, obviously, because it is against the rules. I, I mean, sure. I would uh, assume that they have to be just sun and moon at that point. Well, yeah, I believe this uh, press release said that the rules would come out in December, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It just it just seems that that then takes away from that competition because it's still going to use the old rules and they're not going to be able to use Mega Kangaskhan. What fun is that? Speaking of fun, Niantic has announced a Pokemon Go AR contest, a photo contest being held on Instagram using photos taken in Pokemon Go. From today until October 25th, players can post Pokemon Go AR photos on Instagram using the hashtag Pokemon Go Contest to participate. The top 10 submissions selected by Niantic will receive a Pokemon Go prize pack containing a Pokemon Go Plus, a poster autographed by the Pokemon Go team, and wireless Bluetooth earbuds. The photo will be judged based on originality of the photo, 33%, creativity of the photo, 33%, 
and visual fun of the photo, also 33%. Around October 25th, potential winners will be notified via Instagram direct message or via Instagram reply on the comment to their entry of the post. That's kind of cool. It's kind of a cool contest. There's nothing... For me, the prize isn't like worth thinking about it or considering doing it. I don't really need... I have two Pokemon Go Pluses. I don't need anything. I don't need any posters. I don't care about signatures. And I already have a pair of wireless Bluetooth earbuds. So I don't... I don't know. It's For me, the the rewards aren't there. I think if they were to offer like $100 worth of Pokecoins in-game, then I would absolutely try to, you know, put a little work into it. That's just me. Well, there are people out there who cheat just to cheat because they have to be the winner. You know, it's not what the actual prize is. It's just the fact that they have to win. So, yeah, that was my my question is whether there'd be any checking to find out if the photos were photoshopped or anything like that. Um, I, I I keep AR turned off when I'm playing Pokemon Go. Me too. So I don't I don't see a lot of those fun situations that you sometimes see on the Internet. What about you, Al? You play a lot of Pokemon Go. Are you using the AR? No, it just it just slows things down. And although it works on my new phone, my old phone, it would just grind it to a halt. Which is always a problem when they have it on by default and you go to catch your first Pokemon on your new phone and, oh, look, it's now really slow because it's using the AR mode. All right. So I've got a, I've got a, a, a challenge for you now. Um, if, you're, if your phone's going to work, if you can do the AR, I, what I need you to do, and unfortunately... Oh, don't, don't, you, don't say Loch Ness. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's old meme. Oh, okay. You're going to have to eat a lot of haggis. But what I'm I want okay with this. is for you to get a, like, haunter that's, like, just hovering over a freshly opened haggis, you know? <laughs> like All it's right. emerging. <laughs> I think I might take that challenge on, because I do have haggis occasionally. Yeah, but do you get it, like, straight from the sheep's stomach? Well, no, but it'll look just the same. All right, all right. Like they don't actually, we don't actually cook them in cheap stomachs most of the time now. They tend to be in a plastic casing instead. Oh, no, 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 no. You've got to get traditional haggis from... The, I, I want to see that haunter coming out as a grotesque. Oh, haggis. Uh, <laughs> generation three. Some would argue the best generation. I would not be one of those people. <laughs> Uh, it's coming to Pokemon Go. I think we've known this for a while. The people over at Pokemon Go Hub, and I'm sure the Silk Road, and I'm sure everyone else who data mines Pokemon Go, have figured out in the latest uh, a- APK kit. Wait, that doesn't make sense. The K stands for kit. It's like AT- API kits? Yeah, probably API kit. Just says. Uh, well, no, a- APK is the installation media for Android. It's always Android ah. ruining it for everyone. Uh, Gen 3 audio clips are now in the APK, but more importantly, Gen 3 is coming this Halloween, according to Pokemon Go Hub. Uh, there is also a ne- new badge that was added saying Generation 3 Pokedex entry, a brand new 2017 Halloween loading screen, and it looks like there are some new moves and abilities. So we, 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 we knew this all along. Obviously, we knew Gen 3 was coming. We didn't know when it was coming. We knew that the audio files have been missing since they initially added the sprites to the game. And so it would only have made the most sense that once the audio files get added, we would get even closer to Gen 3 being released. This was the same thing they did with the 
the Johto Pokemon. First, the sprites came. Then a couple weeks later, the audio came. But more importantly, we don't know exactly what's coming. But of course, you have missed the important information about the Halloween screen, which is that it shows the Gen 3 ghosts on the Halloween screen, which I'm pretty sure was one of the things that we suggested last week, which was that they could come out with the ghost Pokemon for Halloween and others later on, like they did the Gen 2 babies. There were some people maybe debating that this loading screen was fake. The, the dude that does the loading screens, I don't, I don't know his name offhand. Uh, I can't remember the artist, but it is clearly like his artwork and his style. Is it Banksy? No, it's not Banksy. Is he from it Scotland? Uh, <laughs> no, they think he might be from Bristol in England. Okay. All right. Uh, but on the loading screen, we have a Shuppet, a Bennett, a Sableye, a Duskull, not dabbing, by the way, and a Dusclops. We also have some Zubats, Gengar, a Caterpie, and a Murkrow as old Pokemon. I think Al hit the nail on the head here that we might not get all Generation 3 Pokemon. We might just get some spooky Pokemon, which I think is, I think is okay. I think that's fine. It, de- it definitely makes the event itself eventful. Uh, But there was one thing I wanted to point out in the photo. The trainer playing Pokemon Go on their phone among this pumpkin patch is wearing a Mimikyu hat. I'm sorry, let me say it the proper way. Mimikyu hat. Can you tell that? I looked at that and looked at it, and I I couldn't really see Mimikyu in that. Yeah, I can tell. I got younger eyes than you, Will. Oh, that is so harsh. (laughs) I will put a curse on you. So here's a question. Do you think they're regretting releasing Pokemon by generation in uh, in Pokemon Go? Because it, it feels a little bit like if they are going to release a Mimikyu hat for the trainer in-game, it's almost like they wanted to release Mimikyu this year, but because they've done the, oh, we're going to release, you know, Generation 1, then Generation 2, then Generation 3, they're not actually, they're, they're, they're almost regretting that. I would imagine that TCPI had some say in their release schedule, right? Yeah, I I think if they had not done by generation, they would not have captured the attention of all of the Gen 1ers out there who have gone so wild for Pokemon Go. I mean, I I, I don't think there's any debate that they should have just only started with Gen 1, but I think starting with, then following it up with Gen 2, I think it was, was another smart play because a lot of people who play Gen 1, they know Gen 2 enough to say, Oh, I only care about the first 150 Pokemon. So clearly they dabbled in Gen 2 or brushed along Gen 2 at some point. I think now it's just, they're in like a position where releasing Gen 3 probably won't bring some people back because either one, they don't care about those Pokemon or two, they're just burned out of Pokemon Go. Now, I think you're wrong. I think that that they were actually very wise to do it by generation because what happened is they got all the Gen 1ers in with all the Gen 1 Pokemon and then a certain percentage of those, and probably a larger percentage than you will think, are completionist-type people. And now, anytime they release any more generations of Pokemon, they're like, even though I don't care about these Pokemon, I've got to catch them all for my Pokedex. So I'm back out there, you know, walking the streets, walking the parks, trying to get all these different Pokemon. And it's like, I can't believe they made a Pokemon out of an ice cream cone, but I caught it, so it's in my Pokedex. I'm good to go. <laughs> But I guess the the question is, what's the 
advantage to doing it after. I I accept that it's a good thing to release with just Gen 1. I think that was a, a good decision. However, after that, I don't see the advantage of releasing by generation because the point of the generations was we're going to a new region and here are some new Pokemon that are only found in this region, at least until we, you know, do remakes of the other games. But that doesn't make any sense in the real world. And so to release them like that, there is no theme essentially to each release of Pokemon unless they do something like the Halloween event that we think they might be doing. I think you're onto something, Al. I mean, at this point, if they released... How many Pokemon are in Gen 3? 120 new ones? No, it's more like 75 or something like that. Generation 3? Yeah, it's small. It's bigger than Gen 2. Maybe it's Gen 4 that had like the sort of drought of the bust of new Pokemon. But what I was going to say is I was going to disagree a little bit because what you find also is there's a lot of people who say... Like, I love Gen 3 because that was my Pokemon. You know, that was the year that I started playing Pokemon and started to love Pokemon. You know, there's people who say that for Gen 4. There's people who say that for Unova, the greatest generation. Uh, Bulbapedia is saying 202 Pokemon, but Deoxys is taking up four spots. (laughs) Castform is also taking up. No, that's 202 that were in the Gen 3 games. They were 135 new Pokemon for Gen three. No, that this is this is in order. It's it's in order of national decks. It's just like forms are taking up multiple multiple spots. Cast form is taking up four spots. So that's that's the issue here. So you said one hundred thirty five. I'm saying yeah, one hundred thirty five. Okay, so more than Gen two. Yes, yes. Wikipedia says uh, one hundred thirty five, which is the most number added in a generation since Generation one. Basically, all that's saying is it's more than two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, fit, uh, what were you saying? No, just that, that, you know, when people start to play Pokemon, they identify with the most recent Pokemon as being their, you know, that that was their Pokemon that they started with. And so there's a lot of people who are like, Gen 3 is my Pokemon. Those That's the first game I played. And maybe they went back and played the older versions, but they identify Gen 3 as their entry point. And so they get excited to say, oh, the Gen 3 Pokemon are coming to Pokemon Go, and it's like their version of being Gen 1-ers of, they, like, they're now going to be able to catch their Pokemon and have their memories of their first playing Pokemon. And if you think about it, like, people who were maybe like, well, now that's not a good example. I was going to say who were like 10 years old uh, when Pokemon X and Y came out are like 14 years old now, but, yeah, that doesn't make that much of a difference. <laughs> I guess I understand what you're saying there, but my question is, would it not have been better if every time there was a release of new Pokemon in Go, there were a couple from each generation, so that everyone had that every time there was a new release of Pokemon? Oh, I see No, because that means that there's only like 20% that I care about and 80% that I don't care about, so I'm not going to put any effort towards this. I don't know. People, people still have that completionist completionist mindset i think the problem now is do you dump all 130 pokemon or do you do 20 pokemon once a month because as soon as people finish collecting all 130 here and a lot of people might actually finish that in less than a week 
depending on how many how much rare candy they're holding or how aggressive they play it they have nothing else to do after they're done with that whereas if you hold 20 20 or so pokemon and do it every month or every couple of weeks of like oh there's a water outbreak here's a bunch of water pokemon from gen 3 you're you're forcing people to go back out and sure but you've also got the problem there if you look at people with the raid the legendary raids we've been having people are getting fed up that there's always another one to get and i guess there's no real way, way they can win this if you release them all at once then people say there's nothing new for ages but if you keep giving them new stuff people seem to get annoyed by the fact that they have to keep going out and doing it so i don't think there's a real way to win in this it's almost like people will always find something to complain about <laughs> <laughs> although like you look at a game like final fantasy 14 where you're paying every single month and people are just dying for content. Whereas in like Pokemon Go, people were dying for raids and all of a sudden Niantic was like, okay, here's Articuna, here's Maltrees, here's Zapdos. Okay, here's all three again. Okay, here comes Mewtwo. And then people started complaining of like, no, too many raids, too many raids. And it's like, what do you guys actually want? You can't win. There's like, there's clearly two different, very vocal audience of Pokemon Go, and they they both like to scream over at each other of their wants and needs. Uh, but exciting nonetheless. I I'm still I'm still uh, playing Pokemon Go once a day. Still at least spinning my stops and and uh, catching at least one Pokemon for my bonuses. I have I have one Entai. I'm not really I'm not really motivated to get another Entai. Uh, but I, I'm I'm excited to see what this Halloween event uh, actually entails, uh, and I'm going to be a little selfish and say that I'm okay if they continue holding Gen Three a little bit longer because it's about to be winter in Wisconsin. And let me tell you, I'm not playing Pokemon Go in the cold. But you and- can just go to the mall and play Pokemon. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Oops. Mayfair has Sorry. my number. You need to get some touchscreen gloves so you don't get cold hands. The one thing I don't tolerate in life is being cold. I'm not, nope, not interested. Yeah, Al, my, my you, you, don't, winter, you don't understand Wisconsin cold. It's not, it's not your hands. It's your whole body. Your whole body is just frozen. It doesn't matter how many layers you throw on. It's just, that's, that's why, like, all cold. People always question why I don't wear a coat in the winter. They're like, well, you're going to be cold. It's freezing out. And it's like, it doesn't matter how many layers I have on. I'm still going to be cold. The thing I'm worried about is getting into my car with a huge winter jacket and probably a hoodie and probably like two undershirts underneath that and then having the heater on and then sweating. So I would rather I mean, just... You can take your jacket off in the car. though. Yeah, but that's complicated. You got a seatbelt and stuff and... And you gotta like move it, and then you gotta put it back on before you get out of the car. It's a hard life. It, it's it's rough. I know that I'm going from my house to my garage to work. Well, it used to be to work from work from my car. Right. In- <laughs> just just slipping that in there. <laughs> from my from my car right into another building. I'm never, the only time I'm outside is when I'm walking to and from my car, and I don't need a coat for that, because I'm going to be cold regardless of if I have a coat or not, because Wisconsin has the worst weather in the entire, not, prob- probably not in the entire world, but it, it's, it's not a, a pleasant, uh, and, and rant, 
mangas, mangas, I don't know how you say this. Manga. Mangas. The Pokemon Horizon manga is the original manga inspired by the game's Pokemon Sun and Moon. Two volumes have been published in Japan, uh, and these will be coming to North America sometime in the future. They don't have a date, though. So, yeah, the way to remember the way to say that is it's kind of like you're telling somebody to eat in Italian, but you just change the G sound. What? <laughs> so, oh. You lost me. Okay. You know how to say, to tell somebody to eat in Italian, right? Everybody knows oh, that. eat in Italian. I thought you said eat an Italian. I was very Wait, confused by that. We're not cannibals. Well, this is the confusion. Oh, you need to listen better. The word is manja, but you just change the G sound and it becomes manga. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of this episode. The new Ultra Sun and Ultra Move trailer move moon trailer officially reveals new z moves and rotom dex features photon geyser is a new psychic type move that necrozma can learn Necro- is it I th- i've heard people say necrozma necrozma stop with your necrozma baloney <laughs> i'm i'm I, unless until the anime j- justifies it i'm gonna say necrozma Necrozma can learn this move regardless of form. This move compares the user's attack and special attack, dealing damage to the opponent using the higher stat. Both Duskmane Necrozma and Dawn Wings Necrozma have the ability Prism Armor. Duskmane Necrozma has a higher attack stat than Sogaleo, which is base 137, and Dawn Wings Necrozma has... I don't know if I can keep saying all of these alternate forms. They're just like tongue twisters to me. It has a higher special attack. Just say the sunny one or the moony one. Uh, 137 special attack for the Lunala version. If Sogaleo or Dusk main holds Sogalium Z, it will know the move Sun Steel Strike. If the Z move, the Z move is called Searing Sunrays Smash. If new Lunala or Dong, Dawn Wings holds Lunalium Z, it will know the move Moongeist Beam. It can also learn the Z move Menacing Moonrays Maelstorm. Whew. Somebody at Pokemon really likes naming things. And the pronunciation of that word is Maelstrom. Uh, in Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, the players can deepen their bond with Rotom decks to give items called Rotom Powers via the Roto Loto feature. The players can use these special items from their bag at any time to apply effects for a set period of time similarly to the past powers and O powers. Some Rotom powers include Rotom Hatch. Players can hatch eggs faster. Rotom Bargain. Decrease the price of items at the Pokemart. Rotom Prize Money. Increases the amount of prize money earned. Rotom Experience Boost. Boost the experience earned by players' Pokemon. Rotom Friendship. Boost the amount of friendships of their Pokemon increased. Rotom Encounter. Helps players run into higher level Pokemon more often. I'm assuming that also probably does something with shinies. Uh, I'm assuming though, doesn't say. Rotom Stealth presumably decreases the encounter of the wild encounter rate of wild Pokemon. Rotom HP Restore restores a Pokemon HP, and Rotom Capture makes it easier to catch a Pokemon. Whew! Don't get me started on that. If a player is close enough with Rotom Dex. It will use a special power called Rotom Z-Power, which allows the players to use a second Z-Move in battle. 
So is that a second Z move or they can use the same Z move more than once? I don't that know. was confusing to me. Also, isn't so are you using a Z move to use another Z move or using Rotom Z move to use <laughs> two more Z moves? Oh boy. The way I understood it was that you would use the Z move. Yeah, okay, let's go with Z then. The Z move that you wanted to, and then Rotom would pop up and say, Oh hey. We're good friends. You can use another Z move. Oh. Say it, Al. You want to say it. Of course I do. Z move. You want to say the Z move. (laughs) (laughs) Can I tell a story real quick? Is it about Moltres? Yes. (laughs) Please go ahead. Please. So, Micah, so I've been streaming a lot on Twitch. This is my please watch me on Twitch plug. Uh, There's a, uh, we'll get to why. So, we're playing through Pokemon leaf green on the game boy advance player uh, on twitch and it's been a really great time and everyone who's come out and helped name pokemon and and just hung out all fantastic and a shout out to micah and irene who also spent some time sitting on the couch with me playing through pokemon leaf green so micah comes over and i get to the sevi islands it's the first time i've been to the sevi islands because i never played leaf green or fire i mean i played leaf green when it came out but i never beat it for those of you that might not know, Leaf Green is a remake of Red and Blue. When they remade it after Blaine, normally you can go straight to Giovanni. But instead, they added this side quest thing that you have to do, which I think is it, it's frustrating in itself. Because Bill shows up on Cinnabar Island right after you beat Blaine. And he says, come with me and my boyfriend. We need to go fix a computer on the Sevi Islands. And I think that's cool in the aspect of you have something to do in between Blaine and Giovanni because that's literally back-to-back gym battles. So Bill and his boyfriend take you over to the Sevi Islands, and that's where you can encounter Moltres. They removed Moltres from Victory Road. And you have to do some side mission that involves uh, some biker gang and some people, and you have to do that in order to get the computer fixed. My complaint is once you get to the Sevi Islands... You have no way to leave the Sevi Islands until that quest is complete, which is something I cannot stand in a Pokemon game. I think they do this in Gen 3, where like you leave a gym and somebody comes up to you and forces you to teleport. There's something about that that just really bothers me. So the fact that I'm on this island, I can't leave to any other place. I can't go to Celadon. I can't go to Cerulean. I can't go to the daycare to check my geo dude that i left there which is called clanging by the way that in itself is frustrating anyways i wanted to get moltres we got all the other we got we got hashtag not my bird we got wop zipdos going to get moltres and i'm telling micah this story so i'm telling a story in a story now i'm telling micah that we both have a friend named alex and alex isn't a huge pokemon player but he got Let me back up. He got X and Y when X and Y came out because he knew it was the big thing. He knew everyone was going to be playing it. Like I said, he's not a big Pokemon player. I think he played Gen 1, maybe Gen 2, and then didn't play any more Pokemon. So he bought X and Y, and he told me for the most part he enjoyed it, but there was a reason why he stopped playing. And I said, what what was the reason? Like, why did you stop playing? And he said, I stopped playing because catching Pokemon is frustrating. And he went on to explain that If I get a Pokemon down to red, and I put it to sleep, and I keep throwing Pokeballs, and I can't catch it, I don't know what else I can do to catch it. And I said, yeah, I've experienced that before. It's really frustrating. I don't, that's, that's a good reason, I guess, 
to not like the game. I don't know what else you can possibly do to catch a Pokemon. So I'm telling this story to Micah, because I guess he's never heard it. And we encounter Moltres, and I save before Moltres, and I want to say that in this Leaf Green playthrough, I have yet to, like, soft reset or turn off the game because of something bad happening. And I go into the Moltres battle with 28 Ultra Balls, 20-some Pokeballs, and 30 Great Balls. And I get Moltres down to 1, or red HP, I put it to sleep, and I will go through every single ball in my inventory. To the point where I only have a Master Ball left. I'm all out of balls. I went through over 60 different balls with Moltres. I'm out of balls. I have a Master Ball. Moltres is now using Struggle. It used Struggle once, actually. And it, w it went from a little bit of red to no red. And so I didn't know what to do. We figured out that you can actually run for Moltres or any of the three legendary birds, and they will stay there. If you run away, they'll disappear, but if you leave the area and come back, they will they will still be there. So I was like, great, the running worked. Because if the running didn't work, I was going to soft reset the game, which I didn't want to do. So let's go back to the Sevi Island problem. There's only one place to buy balls on this island too, and they're only selling great balls. All she's selling, great balls and potions, nothing else. <laughs> So I am, I am steaming. I am so frustrated. So I figure out that on the third island, there is a Pokemart, but you have to defeat the three or four bikers that are in the way. So I defeat the three or four bikers. I get to the Pokemart. They're only selling Ultra Balls. Fine. I buy 30 Ultra Balls. I buy 30 Great Balls. At this point, I've already used over 60 balls on Maltrees. I haven't reset my game. I go back to Maltrees. I go into battle. I decide that I'm going to paralyze Moltres because I can't keep putting it to sleep because Venusaur is weak against fire. As while I know that paralyzing is not as good as sleep, at least paralyze lasts the entire time. I put it to sleep, or I, I'm sorry, I paralyze it. I throw my 30 Ultra Balls, didn't catch it. Again, it's at red. I always make sure I put it to red HP. Throw my 30 Great Balls, I didn't catch it. Do you know how much money that is in Pokeballs? 30 Ultra Balls and 30 Great Balls? And not to like, mention, I, I already threw 60, 60 balls worth of money prior to that. That is... It's like what? Like 45,000 Pokebucks? It's so expensive. Yeah, it's like 45,000. And I think at the time I had 100,000 Poke Dollars. I run for Moltres again. I go to the Pokestar. I buy 30 more and 30 more. And I come back. And I do it all again. At this point, I have thrown... Over a hundred Ultra Balls, and I still couldn't catch it. There's nothing else I could have done in that battle. Moltres has a three catch rate. That is the same as Tapu Lele. That is the same as Mewtwo. That is the same as pretty much every legendary Pokemon. It's nothing special. Caught Zapdos in two Ultra Balls, and I think it was in yellow. I caught Articuno in like five Ultra Balls, and I think it was in red. I spent over a hundred Ultra Balls to catch Moltres. I, it was the most frustrating experience I think I've ever had in a Pokemon game. And I talked about this with Tapu Lele, but at least with Tapu Lele, I was trying to catch it in a luxury ball, and that has a catch rate of one. Ultra Balls have a catch rate of two. There isn't a better ball I could use that wasn't a Master Ball. I don't, it is so mind-blowing to me that something like that exists. Like, that is not fun. If I was playing, if I didn't start software to setting, I would have been out of money. 
I wouldn't have been able to buy more Ultra Balls. I don't know what... Yes, I get it. I get it's random. I get that, like, doing everything adds to, like, a 5% catch rate. 5 to 6% catch rate, I think, with Ultra Ball, Red, Paralyze. I, I don't know what to, I'm speechless. If I wasn't playing this game on stream to finish it, I probably would have been done with Pokemon altogether with that specific game because I don't know <laughs> what, like, that it's not fun. It wasn't fun. It wasn't enjoyable. I don't, I, I just don't know how to explain that situation. So I have two questions for you. Number one, why didn't you try a Premier Ball? They don't have Premier Balls in Leaf Green. Also, Premier Balls have a catch rate of one. Ultra Ball would have been the better choice. I don't care. Now, the, the, the legendary comes out, you throw a Premier Ball. You don't even <laughs> attack it. Throw the Premier Ball. Question number two. Did you get the right nature? Uh, I think it's lax. Uh, higher defense, lower special defense. That's, that's, that's never the right nature. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think the only takeaway from this that I have is I have a uh, maybe a newfound respect for shiny hunters that soft reset over and over for a shiny Pokemon because they could fall under that situation, I guess. Or maybe it's just my rotten luck. I wish I was joking when I said 100 plus Ultra Balls, but it, you can go back and watch the stream. I threw over 100 ultra, ultra Balls and I didn't catch it. And the first time, it almost struggled to death. Have, have you seen? But I can't, uh, I can't imagine software setting for a Pokemon and not being able to catch it and somehow it like struggles or it kills itself or you run out of balls. I, I, just, I just don't know. Well, remember- I, I would recommend uh, finding the video on the internet of the gentleman who uh, was shiny hunting for Giratina. <laughs> Possibly one of the greatest videos on the internet of all time. Yeah, so just remember that the majority of shiny hunting is not for legendaries, because obviously in most games, the legendaries are shiny locked. So that sort of ridiculously low catch rate happens much less often. But it does, it does happen, obviously. And you've also remember that if you're talking about the person who's constantly soft resetting to get a shiny Pokemon, they're generally quite okay with the long the long game so you can get the i think my so i shiny reset for a latias in oras oras whatever however you say that and that took me a good i think it was 1200 resets so once you actually get to the shiny you're you're going slowly you're making sure you're doing the right things but what if it struggles then you you're screwed well don't let it take that long <laughs> look if i could have caught Moltres faster i would have <laughs> <laughs> the the real answer here is if you truly cared you would have used the master ball i was saving the master ball for gold duck uh fun fact Which isn't even in the game gold duck is Sorry. exclusive to fire red <laughs> oh man going back to uh ultra sun and ultra moon uh it's not it's not here on this bubblepedia page but there we talked about there's going to be a new z ring uh that you can get at stores and it looks like Mimikyu has a Z power because it comes with the Z ring. Correct. Uh, if you want to know the types, by the way, Duskmane is Psychic Steel, Dawn Wings is Psychic Ghost. I think those are their original. I mean, we're, we're just down to one month. Speaking of being down to one month, this will be, be my last story. Uh, I played some Sun and Moon. I have finally caught all the Ultra Beasts. I can confirm that Necrozma 
is not on a tower or a building. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, I have no idea what I was remembering then. The, no, that's fine. I have uh, I did not struggle to throw a hundred plus ultra balls or any type of balls at any of the ultra beasts. I will say that 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 end storyline is interesting. Uh, I I do I did enjoy how quickly they made you go from ultra beast to ultra beast, uh, with still providing a little bit of story and not making it too much of a hassle to find them. I think it was they give you two areas for both, and then you'll instantly know if it's in the area because the music changes. Correct. Do you guys want to talk about the end game a little bit? Because I know we, we've we've shied away from it, so this will probably be spoiler territory if you haven't done the Ultra Beast uh, <laughs> quest line here. A year here. later. <laughs> hey, there are people who don't buy the game when it first comes out. Oh. Uh, I wrote some notes here, so I'll, I'll just read through my notes. Uh, Looker has a lot of non-English jokes. He he says like "Oh my gosh" or something in different languages every time. Yeah, well, like he always like forgets that he's supposed to be speaking English. Yeah, is is that a reoccurring thing? I don't remember Looker that well in other games. I know he's in like black and white and stuff, but I don't. I I didn't really pay attention much to him. I think it's kind of a take on the fact that he works for the international police agency. Oh, I see. The first UB I caught was Nialego in the Diglett Cave. What what is his clue? I caught Nialigo in the, the Diglett Cave, cave with, with a beast ball. With the beast ball, you then have to go to a different motel. Nanu shows up. That is the old police officer guy from Po Town. Uh, he tells you about UBO two, which is Buzzswall. I thought it was interesting. For so for this one, you have to catch two Buzzswall. Well, I mean, you had to do the same in Moon. It's just the other ones. Well, actually, Fairmosa. was it two or four? Uh, for this one, it, it was, was two it was for two. that one. Yeah, yeah. Four was the later on exclusive. Okay, okay. So I, I get the, I get the concept. You catch two, so you can trade with per, a person who has moon because they catch two of theirs, and then you can openly trade. I think that's cool because no one wants to trade their only, their only legendary Pokemon, or in this case, I should say, their only Ultra Beast. But lore wise, that doesn't really make sense. I guess. Well, I guess when you go to Ultra Space, you see like 20 Nihiligos surrounding Lusamine. So maybe that does make sense, actually. You have to move motels again, and then Mina shows up and tells you about UB3, and then you have to battle Mina. So Mina is the painter chick, the trial captain, I should say. The, the painter woman, yes. Uh, I was uh, not thrilled to being forced into a battle with Mina. She almost beat me because I was not ready. Uh, we know for sure that we battle her in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon because we've seen that in the trailer. Uh, Mina tells you about Zerkatry. You catch Zerkatry, only one. You come back. Nanu shows up again. I'm playing Sun, by the way. He tells you about UB04, which is Blade Mon. Cartana. Cartana, yep. Uh, you have to catch. Or Celestila if you're in Moon. Yes, you have to catch four of them in. Yep. Which is also, I think that is, I think that's weird. Why not just two? But okay. Uh, also, I think both Buzzswall and Cartana slash Feramosa slash Celesteela, I think they're a little bit easier to catch than um, Nihiligo and Zerkatry. When you come back, Looker and Nanu were, are talking about how they were a three-person team to stop the U-Beast ten years ago. And they lost a member to Guzzlord, 
Uh, and it's implied that that person died. And that person was also female. I don't know if you guys remember this part of the story. Uh, I don't, but I'm close uh, in my run-through of Pokemon Sun to getting there. They also thought Guzzlord was too strong, and uh, they talk about something called Fallers, where a Faller is a person that gets stuck in ultra space, and they fall back to Earth and have their memory somewhat erased, or they can't remember, which leads into Ababel. Is it Ababel? An Annabelle, sorry. Annabelle. <laughs> Annabelle, who used to be in Gen 3 and the Battle Tree, Battle Tower, Battle Plaza. And she was a really good trainer. Then she became a faller. And then she joined the International Police. She worked her way up. She is now the boss of Looker. Ultra Beasts are attracted to fallers. So they didn't want Annabelle to die slash encounter Guzzlord. So they sent her to the wrong location. They send you off to catch Guzzlord. And that's pretty much the end of the story. And then yes, you, me as a a twelve year old. I'm going. <laughs> yep. You as a twelve year old go going after a murderous Pokemon. I think that's cool, though. I think I think that's some cool lore about Guzzlord. You have then a conversation with uh, of seeing a new Ultra Beast when you're with Wiki Wick. Is it Wick Wiki? I say Wick. When you're with Wick and Annabelle, and Looker claims to see a new Ultra Beast on top of a building, uh, which is Necrozma. There is no building, by the way. Uh, but ne <laughs> Necrozma is not an Ultra Beast, and that's it. And then they give you a million Poke Dollars, which you can buy Ultra Balls with to catch Maltries. Yay! I had one concern. Oh, that just I wanted to note that there are three noted foolers in the, foolers? In the game that we know of. Foolers. Uh-huh. They fool, um, just like the season. Uh, so you've got Annabelle is a noted fooler. You've got Moan, who's a noted fooler. And... Actually, Looker in Auras is a noted faller. Looker's a faller? Yeah, because in somewhat, I guess it's somewhat post-game in Auras, because you have to do, be on the battle island or whatever, they kind of found him on the beach, and he has no memory of who he is or who he was, but we all know he's Looker. Yeah, so I, I don't think there's, there has been any confirmation that that's why he was found without his memory, but... That's the. It's, it's awfully suspicious. <laughs> it, it is. It is. But I just don't want people to get the idea that that has been confirmed. Um, that is the assumption that people have made based on that. Do you think he's uh, got his memory wiped by Hoopa? <laughs> uh, Lucimine is not a faller, though. She just merged with Nilego, right? Like she wasn't trapped in a wormhole. But it sounds like Moan was trapped in a wormhole because. Moan was a professor that discovered the wormholes and then got sucked into one. Something like that. And then the other thing is Lily is taking her mom, Lusamine, to Kanto because Bill merged himself with a Pokemon prior and then used that machine to unmerge himself with that Pokemon. So the end goal there is to fix Lusamine with that machine that Bill used in the original Red and Blue game. If you care about that kind of story. Yeah, so I caught all the Ultra Beasts. I didn't soft reset for natures or anything. I just caught them as is. Uh, is there any more story to the game besides that? Is there anything else I'm missing that I should do before Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon? Uh, I mean, you could go through all of the people who challenge you as the champion of uh, Alola. 
and you know, then we'd know about that musician who's obviously going to play a role in Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. Okay, that, yeah, that's a good call. But I have to battle the Elite Four to have somebody challenge me, right? You do. That makes no sense, but okay. <laughs> I think it makes more sense than previously where you would defeat the Elite Four and then you have to defeat the old champion again. <laughs> okay, right. that's fair. I think that whole UB storyline, though, took me about two to three hours. It wasn't too long. No, I mean, it's, it's typical post-game, just, just a little bit. Yeah, for some reason, I thought it was going to be longer. I don't know. I feel like finding the 20 sages in black and white took way longer. Okay, there weren't 20. (laughs) (laughs) It was like eight, right? Uh, I think maybe eight. I think you're right. Uh, So there's a little bit of post game uh, for you guys. I'm sure uh, I'm sure that you guys won't be satisfied that we didn't talk more about it. But I don't know. I don't really know what else to say. I mean, it's a pretty. It's been so long, I can't remember. Actually, it's a pretty what... basic story, <laughs> though. I mean, ultimately, the best way to talk about it will be when Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon come out, and then we can compare the post game stories. Yeah, and your samenesses or differentiances. Yeah, I guess the only thing I didn't mention is Nanu used to be a part of the international police, but then quit because of the quote unquote person who died to Guzzlord, and that turned him evil. <laughs> I guess. With that being said, uh, we will take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll do a couple emails, our Pokemon of the week, and uh, we'll wrap up the show. So we will be right back. break should we do some emails yeah i mean if we have to we got a couple maybe we'll, we'll probably only do like three emails here before we go to emails uh we should probably address the elephant in the room here i mentioned it earlier and will had a good laugh but uh <laughs> figured we i'd bring this up i posted on like facebook and twitter and stuff but uh uh i think i'll just read the post and we can go from there yeah, I think that's probably best. Otherwise, I'll, I'll probably talk in a circle if I just don't read what I wrote. Uh, so I wrote this on Monday of last week. So by the time you guys are listening to this, a full week has passed. Uh, this is what I wrote. Hi, everyone. A very few of you know what's going on in my personal life. So I figured I would take a few moments to share. As much as I wish that ISE was my full-time job, it's not, even though I spend about 40 hours a week on it. That being said, I did work a 9-to-5 job and that I've been at that position for four years. Today is my last day of employment, as they have filed for bankruptcy and will be shutting their doors at 3 p.m. today. While I knew my time at this job was going to come to an end about two weeks ago if a another company didn't buy slash invest in us, I didn't expect to lose my job as fast as today. There was also some hope that a company would come along and help us stay afloat. Obviously, that did not happen. 
my last paycheck will be this week. My medical insurance will end at the end of the month. And unfortunately, I have nothing lined up to support myself in the coming weeks. You might have heard a new ad on the podcast after the credits rolled. The ad merely states that if half the listeners of ISE donated just a dollar, I could make podcasting my full-time job. This is very true based on the amount of listeners who listen to ISE, but currently only about 6% of listeners support via Patreon today. I'm not telling you this because I want to extort money from you, but I believe if I got another job at this point, I would not have as much time for ISE as my current job allowed. If you would like to up your pledge to support me and my passion, I would forever be in your debt, especially in the time that I need it the most. But I cannot stress enough that you should support yourselves and your families before you support me or any content creator. Over the next week, you may be you may be seeing me stream more, trying to build more content to build this community. If you have any questions or comments, don't hesitate to message me. Thanks. So the first thing um, I would say is uh, I upped all of my... Did I up my things? No. Maybe. You d- You did. But, uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of people are missing out on the point that they could do a dollar a month, right? Like, are you even going to miss a dollar a month? I mean, <laughs> obviously, that's not ideal. Like, $4, $8 a month is probably better. But still, a dollar a month, if enough people did that, it would really help you out quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with that logic. <laughs> I mean, I know how many, I know, I know our listeners, I know how many people listen to the show. So, you know, when you crunch the math and you go, uh, if we have X amount of listeners and half of those donate a dollar, that would meet the amount of money I was making at my job. And I don't mean to like say in this post that if I get another job, which don't get me wrong, I've been applying for jobs uh, since then. Um... I'll, I'll just say, like, with, with your the job that you've had for the past, what was it, two years, two and a half, three? Four years, four some, years. Four years, wow, time flies. You had a lot of flexibility, right? You, yes. since you were in a development position, computer coding development, not development fundraising, development <laughs> position, you could kind of set your own hours, you could do work from home a lot because you're just, you know, working on the servers and everything like that. You didn't have to be in the office and that flexibility allowed you to devote time to this program and all of the affiliated things that you do along with it's super effective to make it successful. And if you are going to start working for another company, there's no guarantee that you're going to have that level of flexibility to do these kinds of things as, as much as you have been. You're, you know, you're, you're going to have to scale it back potentially. Yeah, that I couldn't say it better myself. Prior to me working at the job that I just lost. I worked at Apple. I think some people might know that. Uh, and that was that was not 9 to 5. That was a random retail schedule. I had no time during those eight hours I worked to do anything that's super effective. And I think that's like a lot of jobs of, okay, I'm working eight hours. I don't have time to check Twitter or my text messages or post if there's news or I can't come in late if you know I'm falling behind on editing or something like that. Whereas the job I was at, allowed me to do all that. Like if I needed to edit late on Sunday night, I could come in a little bit later on Monday or I could just work at home on Monday. And it was very flexible and it allowed me to do a lot of things with ISE. Now that I don't have a job, I'm doubling down on ISE. I'm, 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 I've streamed every day, I think, since since I lost my job. I've 
Uh, I'm working on some stuff on the back end for ISE. I get, there's a bonus episode. So if you pledge $1 a month, you'll get access to a TCG bonus episode. We've talked about this before, but if you pledge $4 a month, you get access to uh, Irene and myself's anime podcast. So th th I'm, there are rewards, obviously, to back, but when it comes down to it, uh, I would assume that most people are backing just because they enjoy the show itself overall. Also, I mean, we were talking about this before we were recording, but I, I think we shouldn't miss the point that you do a lot of the Twitch streaming, right? What is it? Twitch.tv slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. Is yes. that how it's spelled? Yep. And if people have Amazon Prime, and come on, who out there hasn't been duped into Amazon's Ponzi scheme of signing up for Amazon Prime and forgetting that you have it and renewing it every year? And it's like, well, you know, for the three things I ordered, hooray. But you can associate your Amazon Prime account with a Twitch channel like Pokemon Podcast, and it automatically is like a subscription that provides money to the channel without any extra money coming from you, right? Because it's part of your Amazon Prime membership. So why, why are people not doing this? That's, well, that's my point of view. That's not Skip's <laughs> point of view. Yeah, I, I actually didn't know this until like a week ago. And I have I have Amazon Prime and I have obviously I've linked my Amazon Prime to my Twitch, but I didn't know you get one free sub a month. So every month you can subscribe subscribe to somebody for free. It doesn't cost you anything, but it gives them money to support. Yeah. And it's like I didn't know that until even recently. If you don't have Amazon Prime? I mean, yeah, they don't advertise it too much because it's going to cost money. But even if you don't have Amazon Prime yourself because you're like 12 years old, go talk to your grandma. Your grandma's got Amazon Prime. She's ordering stuff on Amazon all the time. That's where she gets all her yarn from for her knitting. Just tell her, <laughs> dude, grandma, like just like link to this Twitch account for me. Thank you. You don't have to get me anything for Christmas. I appreciate it. Bye. <laughs> and before anyone asks of like, if you knew you were losing your job, why didn't you apply for jobs prior? And the I, the short answer is, three weeks ago at this point, my leadership team pulled everyone aside, and there was about 18 people that worked at my company, and said, hey, we're going to, not to alarm anyone, but we're going to be filing for bankruptcy. Uh, there's a small possibility that we have to file for Chapter 7, which is, Chapter 7 means you close the door, you turn off the lights, everyone goes home, and no one returns. You're done. But we're going to file for Chapter 11. And you might have heard Chapter 11 recently because Toys R Us just filed for Chapter 11. And all that means is uh, you accept that you have all this debt and you are going to restructure based off that debt and you won't, you won't have a line of credit, but you can still reform as a company. So three weeks ago, they said that we're going to file for Chapter 11. We have a lot of debt. We're going to restructure. We might cut everyone's hours by five hours a week. So, you know, if you're working 40, we might just cut you to 35. But uh, that, this is how the math crunches out so we can stay afloat as a company. By the way, we're talking to X, Y, and Z, these three companies, and they're all, they're all interested in investing with us. So that's even better. We're going to file for Chapter 11. We're going to restructure. These companies are going to invest in us. Maybe we won't even have to cut your hours. It'll be great. And then... The Monday before I found out that the company was closing, they were like, hey, these two companies, they decided they don't want to invest in us anymore, but that's okay because we still have this last company. And I came in Monday morning and everyone was, I came in late because I usually am the last person that came, comes in and everyone's huddled around in a meeting and I came in and was like, 
Hey, uh, just to let you all know, uh, we're, we're closing today at 3 p.m. And we're done. And we're filing bankruptcy today. And that last company decided not to invest in us either. I'm in charge of the website. So they asked me to turn off the website at 2 p.m., which I did. And that was that. I honestly thought that like, if we were going to close, they would have been like, hey, it's Monday. Just to let you know where this is going to be our last week or this is going to be our last two weeks. I did not imagine going into work and being like, hey, in three hours, you can just go home because here we are. I think that's very unusual for a lot of companies to close as fast as they did from what I've read. Uh, I would agree with you, yes. Other experiences. So I think there's something that they didn't communicate to us. Uh, But it was very weird to be like, you know, two weeks you're strung along saying, you know, don't worry, bankruptcy is is not the end-all be-all. And it's not. Like, Toys R Us will successfully do it. Plenty of other companies have filed for Chapter 11 and have have no problems after that. But to come in and, and just be told that in a couple hours you won't have a job anymore is just, it's hard. And it really gave me a little time to prepare. I mean, prior to that, I was looking at places and, and reworking my resume and my cover letter. I think I sent Will like 40 different cover letters <laughs> uh, at this point. But the whole point of just bringing this up is, you know, if you were debating about supporting It's Super Effective, this is all I have at this point is It's Super Effective. So I really want to, uh, I've always given It's Super Effective 100%, uh, but now I guess I'm in a position to give It's Super Effective 100 and. 20% well, or 200%. 200%. Don't say it. Don't, no, don't say it. <laughs> uh, math that uh, Al doesn't agree with. So I, I'm in that oh, position. Physically pains me. I, I don't know how else to say it, though. Uh, Al, if you had a better expression for me, I'd use that. But, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm in that position. So if you want to support It's Super Effective, you can go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash It's Super Effective. Uh, a couple people have directly paypal'd me which is just i mean it's just awesome uh i couldn't be happier with how uh great the community has been through all this and again i'm not i'm not sitting here saying like you need to give me money or it's super effective is going away if it hasn't i'm always going to continue doing it super effective it's always going to be here but um this is all i have at this point so uh, i'm going to continue applying for jobs i'm going to continue to do it super effective i'm going to continue to stream so even if you can't support a dollar just listening to the show is awesome uh telling a friend would be helpful or even something as simple as like hanging out in streams when i stream uh is also uh something i greatly appreciate so that's it uh that's probably longer than i wanted this section to be but figured i'd take a moment to share thank you for sharing let's hard transition that into some emails <laughs> master of transitions Alex writes in from New South Wales. Is that is that your neck of the woods, Al? Is no, that that's Australia. <laughs> oh, all right. I mean, I get the whole Wales threw you mm-hmm. off a yeah, bit yeah. there, but the the new word, yeah, the that's, new. That's I see, but the south, kind of near. <laughs> it's still Australia. <laughs> I think you guys are closer to Australia than I am. Mm, I don't think so. Not with that attitude. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on what plane You've you only take. got one ocean between you and them. Well, okay, I mean, and a whole bunch of land, but still. Hi, SBJ and crew. I wanted to say hi. I've been watch- watching, I'm assuming listening to the show since the very beginning of the year. Keep doing good work. Two questions. First, what is your opinion on Pokemon randomizers? 
And two, I'm concerned that there are no Pokemon sponsors in Australia. Oh, yeah, yeah, sponsors. Okay. So how would I get Mewtwo in Pokemon Go? Thanks. Sincerely, Alex. I thought that said spoofers at first. Oh, there's plenty of Pokemon spoofers in Australia. Spoofing everywhere. First question is randomizers. Is that like uh, randomizing the game? Yeah, so that's yeah. So that's when you take a game, a Pokemon game, and randomize the Pokemon and their levels and moves, so that you can end up with a starter that is a, a Giratina. Um, you know, the the wild Pokemon and Route One would be an Octillery, or you know, it's just it's completely random. I guess I don't really like. I think it's cool, but. Uh, I've always been under the uh, under the impression that I don't like playing Pokemon games that aren't legit because I'm uh, I have a very set mindset of making sure I can always keep those Pokemon with me together. I care about Pokemon Bank a lot, and if uh, a randomized Pokemon game cannot connect to Pokemon Bank, I don't want to put time into it. But I do think they're cool. Yeah, I mean it's a cool idea, but it's I mean there's a reason why. The Pokemon games are leveled the way that they are, and you, yeah. why you find things in certain areas that kind of helps support your non-suspension of disbelief. I the only time that I would like to see uh, a kind of like randomization, and I would say like how, this is how I would incorporate that into a legitimate Pokemon game is once you got to post game then have more diversity of the Pokemon levels and everything that you find because there's nothing like going back home, walking out onto Route 1 with your level 75 Sil Valley, and you're, like, stomping level 3 Caterpies. <laughs> like, why? Yeah, I, I really like randomizers. I've played a few of them. But the problem is they either go really well um, or really badly. And that there was one that I, I started up where my starter starting Pokemon, I can't remember what Pokemon it was, but it only had one move, and that was Explosion. So that didn't turn out very well. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Second part of the question was, there are no Pokemon sponsors in Australia. So what are the sponsors in America right now? Sprint? I think the Boost. Star Boost. I think the Starbucks sponsorship is done. I don't even think they sell the drink anymore. I mean, the, you'll still see the drink on the, on the Pokestop when you spin it, but that's probably just Niantic being lazy and not updating anything. I do actually have an answer for this one, being in a country that doesn't have any sponsors also. There was actually a Mewtwo in, during the test phase near me, um, and that was just on a normal gym. It wasn't a sponsored one. It wasn't a special one that they created just for it. It looks like they aren't doing them just on sponsored gyms. It was just the first ones in America yes. were on yeah. sponsored gyms. I think Al is correct. But there hasn't been a Mewtwo for anyone in the last week or so. So I think maybe they're getting ready for a bigger rollout at this point. I, th I think someone said that there was a, I think it was a, an interview in Japanese with Niantic saying that they were finished the test, uh, whatever the test phase for Mewtwo. Yeah. So Alex, I would probably just hang tight. I, I can't imagine that this is the last of Mewtwo. I think Niantic is probably getting ready for a big Mewtwo rollout. Also on a side note, I think McDonald's is an official sponsor in Japan. For Pokemon Go? I mean, don't ask me. <laughs> uh, Logan writes in from Utah. Hey, SBJ and crew, I've been trying to get into the competitive scene. This is thanks to you guys and my brother who introduced me to the concept of competitive breeding. 
One question that I have about breeding is what EVs, I know a dumb question really, but I don't know anything how to breed, but IVs, what is EVs? That, I'm sorry, there we go. I know that's a dumb question, but I really don't know how to breed for anything except IVs. If you guys could tell me uh, what they are and how to breed or train for them, it would be great. If you guys have extra time, maybe you could rate my team. He has his team below. I want to do single battles with these Pokemon. Thanks for all you guys do. Sorry for the long email. Logan from Utah. Uh, lover 30 in Twitch. And their team is Milotic, Mega Garchomp, Toxicroak, Electros, Aegislash, and Spirit Tomb. Uh, we probably won't rate the team, but does anyone uh, have a good explanation of what EVs are? Not the yeah, Pokemon. Yeah, why don't you start on, on, on EVs and I'll uh, fill in whatever you miss. I guess the, the discussion there was about IVs and EVs, and IVs are what you breed for. They are the hardwired st stats within the Pokemon that you can't change, and EVs are what you train onto the Pokemon once they exist. As you defeat other Pokemon, you get specific EV EVs. You can also get them from super training as well, um, and they... You you basically yeah you only get them from training whether that's in battle or super training which actually super training is not in Gen Seven is it What's the equivalent in Gen Seven There was something Oh um, it was on Pokepelago wasn't it There was Yeah a, um, uh, so, the hot yeah, tub that's, the hot tub I thought the hot tub was the egg hatching It's the um the gym the playground Was that not levels That was uh Well I the think XP. you level up and you get the Oh does it give you EVs, the EVs. Okay. It depends on what Pokemon you're battling. Um, there are obviously lists online about exactly what Pokemon give you what EVs. And there are certain items that will increase those EVs that you get as well. The power that, items. Yes, the power items, power belt, etc. I mean, I, I, I think that, that mostly covers it. Um, I The actual translation of EVs, um, it stands for effort values. But I like to think of it as earned values as opposed to IVs, which are inherent values. So the IVs are the genetics, you know, that get passed down. It's, it's you know, like your DNA, the DNA of the Pokemon. Get the, you get your IVs from the parents from breeding. And the EVs, which I think of as earned values, are the ones you have to earn from battling. And the main things to do are to look up on the internet because the different Pokemon that you defeat give you, you earn a certain value from them. You either earn a defense value, you earn a special defense value, you earn an attack value, um, and different Pokemon give a different amount of those. So some will give one EV, some will give up to three EVs, I think is the max that you get from defeating any Pokemon. And I think that every Pokemon only gives a specific type of EV. So there's no Pokemon that's going to give you like one attack eight or one attack EV and one special defense EV. That doesn't exist. And then the power items, uh, I think, wow, now this is where I'm going to go a little off the ranch. The power items give you the EV for every battle. It doesn't matter if the Pokemon that you defeated actually provides that EV. Um, and these things, they're called power items because the item, the held item in its name has the word power in it. So it's like the power bracer is one of them. And you want to look up and see which specific EV it gives you as part of 
the uh, the attack and the battling um, when you <laughs> defeat the Pokemon that you're attacking. Uh, the nice thing about um, Gen 6 was Horde Battles, because you could guarantee a relatively large amount of EVs when you defeated an entire Horde, and there were hordes that were specifically set up to give, like, all, all of this horde gives you attack EVs, and all of this horde gives you special defense EVs, and you just go to those places and do sweet scent and generate the horde battles and go. Um, and I think in Gen 7, most people are focusing on Poke Pelago um, and using that to generate the EVs, because... Uh, without horde battles, it, finding the specific Pokemon to get the specific EV that you want is a, <laughs> a relatively unpleasant experience. SOS battling um, is is not dreadful, but uh, it's not no. as good as horde battles were, that's for sure. But then you're SOS battling to get your EVs and all of a sudden the shiny shows up and you're like, oh. <laughs> oh, that's really? such a hard, hard thing to It's encounter. a hard life when a shiny shows up, eh? <laughs> And then you're like, I only have 100 Ultra Balls. This isn't enough. <laughs> so that's it. That's all I have to say about effort. Yeah, there are, there are a couple guides uh, also on, on the internet, but hopefully that gives you a, a, a starting point with EVs. This message is from Guy from Newport, Oregon. Hey, SBA, SBJ and Will and possibly Al. I have hey. two, two things for this email. Uh, number one, I just wanted to say thank you, SBJ, for being the most consistent and on-time podcast I subscribe to. Number two, I am studying electricity for my new job, and I am learning the most common effective, uh, most common of effects of electrical shocks and burns. So my question is, why aren't there any electric type moves that cause burn, or are there? I love moves that have one type but can cause an effect of another type, like the water type move Scald can cause burn. Can you think of any other examples of moves like this or any that would be a cool combination? Maybe a, an ice type move called Freezer Burn. Also, I wanted to know that I agree that there should be a sound type Pokemon. Thanks all. Thanks again. Guy. Well, I mean, there's one very easy answer because it's one of uh, Steve's favorite Pokemon that has this move. So as their signature move, I mean, you should say that. Or have you forgotten? Uh, is it Chandelier has a move? No. It's 2017, dude. It's not 2010. 2017. Wow. Move. You went on and on about this Are you terrible talking about garbage Pokemon. Cannon? Yes. Well, I can't remember. It's Beak Blast? Yeah, it's sig. No, it's signature move. No. Oh, Beak okay. All right. Oh, Beak Blast. I, 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 yeah. I didn't hear it right. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's it's signature move can leave a burn because its beak gets so hot. Two cannons, great. Uh, I, I, I think there, there's no electric type move that causes burn. There should be. Yeah, there. I just double checked. There are no electric type moves that cause a burn. I mean, yet they're still coming out with new Pokemon's and new Pokemon moves. So who knows? I, yeah, I guess that, that's that's true. Is is there is there not a uh, ice move that causes burn? I mean, Scald is pretty new. What was Scald? Gen six, Gen five. Gen I think Scald was Gen five. There is an ice move that causes burn. It, oh, it's there called is ice ice burn. Does it do damage? It does. It is a damage dealing ice type move introduced in Gen five. It is this one of the signature moves of White Curum. Oh, look at that. 
Can any other Pokemon learn it besides Kirim? Uh, that is uh, no. No. So it has a power of a 140, an accuracy of 90, a uh, base PP of 5. Mm. And the... I'm not seeing what the chance of burn is. Oh, 30% what would the chance. equivalent of uh, what would uh, Black Kyurem's equivalent move be? Yes, so that would be Freeze Shock is the Black Kyurem version. Uh, the same same stats, except that it has a 30% chance of paralyzing rather than mm. burning. Than causing a burn. There you go. Yep. Close. Well, now we have something to look forward to in like Generation 8. Hopefully an electric type move that can burn. Because that does make sense. And the move's name is going to be, I predict, Toaster Strudel. Ooh. <laughs> what about s- s- Tombstoney? Oh, good call. <laughs> it burns the roof of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That'll be all our emails for today. Uh, I didn't say at the be- uh, beginning of the email segment, because we took that hard transition. Uh, if you want to sh- send in an email, feel free to do so. We're actually getting caught up at this point. Uh, sbj at pkmncast.com or you can go to pokemonpodcast.com and hit the contact button both ways will get emails to me to be right on the show pokemon or non-pokemon related feel free to send in anything yeah you feel the need to ask and we will address that i'm going to toss it over to will for our pokemon of the week uh which this week is dusclops to celebrate its future in pokemon go and I'm running a Dustclops deck in the TCG, and it's working pretty okay. It's not the best, but it's it's fun. Spooky TCG decks. Spooky TCG Ooh. decks. All right. Dustclops has a roundish gray body with two stubby legs. Its body is hollow and can absorb anything, much like a black hole. It has single red eye and three tooth-like projections. It has two wispy, light gray growths coming out of its shoulders and one on top of its head. Its light gray hands appear to be directly attached to its body. It will have these hands to hypnotize opponents and then force them to do as it wills. Dusclops usually lives in thick forests. All right, folks, we need to um, augment the amount of information for Dusclops on the internet because that's too short. <laughs> it is kind of short. You know, I was I was tossing tossing this this around, but I think maybe reading the origin might be beneficial beneficial uh, as well uh-huh. because like something like uh, Moltres, there was debate if Moltres was a phoenix or not, and I said I don't think Moltres is a phoenix because it doesn't rise from its ashes like Ho Oh does, uh, and you see this in the card game where almost every single one of the Ho Oh cards that exist usually have to do with Ho-Oh coming back from the discard pile. True, true. On top of Ho-Oh being able to resurrect the three legendary beasts. But Moltres doesn't have that ability. I, don't, I no. personally don't think that Moltres is a phoenix. Because phoenixes can revive themselves, and I don't think Moltres can. Yeah, it's, it's more of a firebird. Um, but if you would like me to read the origin, um, because those are always going to be full of wonderful Japanese, impossible to pronounce Japanese words, I will go right ahead. Yeah, uh, may, uh, let's see how you feel pronouncing words you can't. Dusclops seems to be based on the Hitotsume Kozo, a humanoid cyclops-like ghost. It also has similarities with Chochinobake, which are one-eyed haunted paper lanterns and mummies. 
Oh, yeah, I guess it is a mummy. Kind of a mummy. It kind of reminds me of like that thing from Zelda. Oh, I know what you're talking about. This uh, screenshot of a Hitsosumi Kozia does definitely look like a Dustclops. Hitatsume Kozo. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Definitely does. A screenshot. <laughs> you mean the image? Yeah. The image. The screenshot okay. on Wikipedia. No, he's literally taken a screenshot <laughs> of the image. There are some origins for Pokemon that are pretty long. This is this is a short one for Dusclops. A shiny one is red instead of uh, instead of gray, uh, which is great. It's a good looking shiny. Actually, it's it's shiny and like diamond is way better than it's shiny and sun and moon. It's like a blood Agreed. red. Yeah, they yeah, so- and black they, and white as well. They softened it up. One bit of trivia: Dusclops can be seen a as a parallel to Bonnet. Both are Generation 3 ghost-type Pokemon that evolved from their pre-evolutions at 37. Both have the same base stat total. And Wild Dusclops are exclusive to Ruby, while Wild Bonette are exclusive to Sapphire. I think that wraps up this episode. So, a little bit of house cleaning. Uh, Like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm going to be streaming on Twitch a lot more. We're almost done with Leaf Green. I'm still doing TCG stuff. Uh, I might be starting Pokemon Coliseum and Pokemon Gale of Darkness since I have a GameCube that uh, can stream. So if you're interested in those, I have yet to play either of those games. I'll be very curious of the first time. I actually might stream a little bit of uh, Digimon Cyber Sleuth as well because I like Digimon and that's kind of like Pokemon. They both have Mon in it. Otherwise, we mentioned the Patreon, patreon.com slash it's super effective. If you want to support us there, it would be greatly appreciated. You'll be able to join our Slack community once you pledge. Uh, And yeah, then the standard Twitter and Facebook. Twitter at Pokemon Podcast. Facebook at Facebook.com slash PKMNCast. Will is at WashingTheSink. Al, what is your Twitter? I still can't say it. It's a Yamanic kill. I should get something a bit more. Easy to remember. Nah, it's all right. Give me a spelling on that. Uh, Y-A-M-A-N-I-C-K-I-L-L. Perfect. I am at Dragging a Lake. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to tweet at me or email me or uh, Slack me. Uh, I'll respond to my personal Twitter or Pokemon Podcast Twitter. So both uh, have DMs open if you have specific questions regarding uh, the show or anything else. I think that's all. I might be missing something, but I'm sick. I want to go back to bed, so that's what's going to happen. Uh, Otherwise, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are Super Gardens. Effective. Did I miss it? Sorry. Style again, effective. <laughs>
theme music was by Nicholas Burgess. If you enjoy ISE, consider leaving a review in Apple Podcasts or tell a fellow trainer about us. If you'd like to support ISE, you can do so over at Patreon, patreon.com slash it's super effective. One of my goals in life is to make podcasting my full-time job. And if just half the listeners of ISE donated $1 a month, I could easily make that a reality. For as little as $1 a month, you'll gain access to our Slack community to chat with other listeners of ISE. And for $4 a month, you'll gain access to our bonus anime podcast. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you next week.